0: Jonathan Edwards once wrote, Absolute sovereignty is what I love to ascribe to God, and wherever the doctrines of God's sovereignty with regard to salvation of sinners was preached, therewith it God sent revival. Join Adam Howell, Ryan Hanley, and Caleb Meadland for conversations about living out deeply rooted affections. This is Oaks of Righteousness Podcast. Welcome back to Oaks of Righteousness Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Niedermeyer, joined by Ryan Hanley and Adam Howell. I had no adjectives or anything like that for you guys this week. Sorry. Well, we are deep in the uh, splock of the southern (laughs) seminaries. Uh, (laughs) I'm going
1: to have to start calling this room the (laughs) splot. Yeah,
0: for all you Greek nerds out there, you you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, here, here with the guys again. Looking at conversations about living out our deeply rooted affections.
1: How long have you been thinking about that one?
0: Uh, just on the ride over here. Yeah? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was actually just going to use the word bowels, but then I was like, "Nah, splat." that sounds way cooler. Yeah, I what like we say
1: in Hebrew? The kidneys? Yeah, the, the kidneys,
0: thing, yeah. yeah. Bowels. But I want to talk about today uh, the sovereignty of God and how that, how that interacts with our affections, and how it practically works out in our day-to-day lives. Well, it's uh, something that a lot of people wrestle with, have wrestled with, and just seeing if that even, or how the sovereignty of God can produce joy in our lives, at least that's what I think. So, just give me, give me a brief overview of what sovereignty means. When we, when we talk about the sovereignty of God, what, what are we talking about? Um, Ryan, I'll start with you. You look contemplative. Um, rulership
2: and power. Hmm. Um, so, not only does God have rulership over everything, but he has the power to rule over everything as well yeah. and to do so well, um, perfectly.
1: Freedom. Job. Freedom to use that power as he desires,
2: right?
0: Hmm. What do you mean by freedom?
2: He's not constrained by uh, other beings or really anything in himself. That would yeah. Limit so him. like, I mean, what came to my mind was, um,
1: <clears throat> who can say to the Lord, "What have you done?" Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he's not limited by even uh, even the reaction of those he loves. He's not limited even by that. He's free to do as he wants.
0: What's that Psalm? Our God is in the heavens, and He does whatever He pleases. Is that
1: a psalm? It is. It's in Isaiah, right? Isaiah. Or is it a psalm? Uh, that same idea. That same idea. Is in I think it's in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's in the Bible. Old
0: Testament-ish.
1: Yeah, Isaiah has all of the, the those passages about "I am the Lord; there is no other." I do. Uh, it was I, I. do good. I create calamity. Isaiah forty-five-ish. Yeah,
2: also in First Samuel. Uh, two, when Hannah's mm-hmm. proclaiming oh, yeah. the... Wonders of God. Sovereignty is a major part of her, her song there.
0: Yeah. Alright, so God has the power, or he has the freedom to rule over everything. Now define, I know, I know I'm i kind of getting nitty gritty here, but what is everything? So what is everything? When we see bad things happening, is God sovereign over that? When we see, uh, when we're annoyed by a little gnat that is flying around us, is God sovereign over that? What is and how does that look when I turn on the news and I'm seeing all this stuff? Is God sovereign over these things?
2: I think I think biblically we have to say yes, um, and maybe in a minute, kind of uh, balance that out a little bit with the human experience. But um, I don't remember who they actually attribute this to. I want to think. I've heard it attributed to Spurgeon, but talking about God's sovereignty extending even to every moat of dust dancing on a sunbeam—that's um, good. That's very poetic. Which is a a, a wonderful image. I'm thinking that the God of heaven is orchestrating where every particle of dust is is fitting into His kingdom. Um, and I don't I don't remember if that was Spurgeon that said it. It seems like I've heard people say that before. But you know, we can. Oh. Baptists do that. We'll attribute everything to Spurgeon. <laughs> yeah. God helps those who help themselves. See, Spurgeon. <laughs> it's, it's more than
1: I would say yes as well. Um, I think, like I, Ron said, biblically, we have to. I think we have to hold to that. The part that is the rub is is when you start to get bad things happening. Mm-hmm. But if um, if the Lord is not somehow in control. And that, that's the caveat is how and then is he in control of, of those things? But like, if he's not, if you just by default say he's not in control of, of what we would call bad things, then um, there, there's something lacking in his ability to maintain control, which then he's not sovereign,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, so he either is sovereign over everything, including political messes or bad thing, you know, hurricanes, whatever it may be. Um. And I, I, I tend to not be a super sensitive soul, but if um, it, just because we don't like it doesn't mean he's not sovereign over it. Um, or
2: it doesn't And doesn't I would say, well, yeah. I mean, and if, I would of
1: course, yeah, I would caveat that very, much, you know, much more carefully in, in a counseling situation or with someone who maybe had had just encountered something bad, but I. We have to hold that God is in control of all things, including the bad things, um, or else he's not sovereign. And, and then we can't pick and choose where he's mm-hmm. going to be sovereign.
2: So I think where that, what you hit on there is that, is that level of human experience. Um, we can sit here in a nice little isolated mm-hmm. room uh, and talk about the reality of something. God is sovereign. Here's what that means. Um, But at some point, uh, someone's going to get cancer or someone's going to lose a child in a tragic accident. And suddenly these sterile little statements don't, Mm -hmm. don't really sit too well with us. And um, that's why I say biblically, I think we have to affirm that. And, um, you know, so what we end up with is, is the reality of the situation is that, that level of, of power and control and sovereignty that God has is a it, you know, if you kind of understand the word in an, in an older way, like a terrible thing, it's a, a terribly uh, weighty and, and grave reality. Um, I think of David uh, when when they're bringing the ark back to Jerusalem and uh, Uzzah reaches up and holds up the ark and is struck dead by God. And, and David's response is not, God, how could you do that? It's essentially... This was right, and it is terrifying. And I don't want that thing anywhere near me. I cannot, I cannot dwell in the presence of this kind of reality. This kind of God, who who is that sovereign that He upholds His word this way. Um, I'm trying to think of what the others um Someone like, uh, well, David when he he sins. Uh, with Bathsheba and, and, you know, his punishment, he's given a choice really of what kind of punishment will befall, and He ends up, you know, like basically let's fall into the hands of God rather than men. You know, God is at least a merciful God, um, or Job, um, you know, when God unveils his, his might and the book of Job, you know, Job's response is, this reality does he doesn't just sit there and go, Oh, that's true. God did create everything and God does rule over everything. So I'll I'll just kind of sit back. It's, it's to basically be undone. Essentially Mm -hmm. he's putting his hand over his mouth. You know, I I have nothing to say. This is much bigger than I realized it was. So I I think when it comes to that level of human experience, um, you know, this is when the sovereignty of God meets the affections with full force. Mm
1: And the other one you mentioned the ark. I thought about. Um, can you tell we're studying First Samuel? <laughs> yeah. That's right. When when the ark returns to Beth Shemesh and and the yeah. the seventy men are killed there, right. the the theory or the thought is that um, that they didn't have it covered properly, um, as Numbers four told them to cover it, and so. Uh, I think the passage says there that they that because they They're looked at, at the ark. ark and you're like, well, what's wrong with that? And it's because you didn't do it the way God told you to do it. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, they, 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 we don't like that. We don't; It doesn't sit well with us. Like you said, we just kind of like, what? Hmm. But that's God's freedom.
0: Hmm. So along with that, Talk through what affections should the sovereignty of God evoke in us. Is that fear? Is that joy? Is that a a hatred? A submission? Like I'm just trying to think through the gamut of the emotions that probably come up. I said emotions instead of affections. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Watch out. (laughs) But what, what is evoked when... Uh, when we talk and think about the sovereignty of God, I think it's all of that. Um,
1: did you want to run with that one first? Go for it. I think it's all of that. Um, the thing that immediately came to my mind was comfort. Hmm. And I don't know if that's like, I'm sure there's a whole gamut of emotions that come along with that too. But like our, our circumstances don't have to be comfortable like I think about our, I think about our happiness. A lot of times is related to our comfort, you know. Like rainy day at Disneyland is just uncomfortable, and so it's miserable. Um, not that I've ever experienced that. Yeah, I never that, that. <laughs> um, uh, But that that doesn't mean that, that that's a different kind of comfort, right? I mean, the comfort that I'm thinking of is like this this deep seated satisfaction that 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 we have a God who is able and willing to do as He pleases. And if, if his glory, his will, if God's um, demonstration of his power is right, and if we believe that God is righteous, then it is, um, then we, we are comforted w- with, with come what may uh, kind of a mindset. And so that was one that came to my mind was comfort.
2: I, I like the, the comfort thing. And I think that that might be the most impactful in my life you know, saying that realize I, I haven't endured unspeakable tragedies. So, I mean, it's, it's easy to say that again from kind of a safe place. But, um, when I think about those kinds of things, like how would I react, you know, if, if my wife gets a terrible disease or one of my children is killed in some kind of accident, like, how do I endure that? How do I walk through that? And at the end of the day, um it doesn't bring me comfort to think that God was powerless to do something about it and that he's sitting up there wringing his hands just like I am. Um, At the same time, without a real relationship there, knowing that God is in control of those things, that could also bring about anger and Mm -hmm. God's big enough to handle that. But I, you know, that's not a right human response either, but you know, how do you walk through something? How do you walk through that, that kind of, Reality, and I think it, it comes that that comfort comes by realizing that not only is God sovereign, but that that He's good, and he, everything that He does is right, um, properly understood. And I, I mean, I've had pastors and and such say things like, "There is a comfort in saying, even though I may not understand this now, I I can trust that." when my eyes are not blinded by sin any longer, that I will agree with God's decision uh, that, that he was right to do what he did. It might be silly, like shows the extent of my literary prowess, but something like a Chronicles of Narnia when, you know, Lucy is talking about Aslan, is he, is he safe? And, he, and Mr. Beaver responds, he's, of course, he's not safe, but he is good. And there's a bit of growing up that comes when you realize that, that God is not simply uh, you know, a jolly Santa Claus in the sky who gives us good things, um, but that he's the sovereign Lord even over um, people who are in active rebellion against him. And he's, he's managing that, that kind of universe um, in a way that he sees fit and in a way that is right. Um, there's, there's just a gravity that comes with that. Okay, um, it's, this isn't going to be a pleasant thing necessarily, but this is the way through this. Um, knowing this God and trusting ourselves to him.
1: Do you think that I have? you mentioned anger? What came to my mind was uh, the movie Inside Out. And Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah, one? I'm trying to
0: remember which one that was. Uh, uh, yeah. no, you've not no, seen it? Of course, it? I've never you seen it. You wouldn't watch it, would you, Caleb? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm against everything Disney. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, then there you go. Um, but
1: basically, the movie portrays this complexity of human emotion that is actually quite well done. Um, yeah, it was impressive. If you, I mean, I don't agree with all the, the sure. psychology of that's the movie. That's where you guys but, get your consulate from, right? Yeah. Spurgeon yeah. was behind it actually. <laughs> that's right. um, he actually wrote the screen. <laughs> there. <laughs> um, but there's this complexity of human emotion that, which is, it, it, and that's the way God has built us. And it, it's precisely why we can affirm something, but not be, but not like it yeah. or be angry and at the same time, be able to say with a full heart, God is good, but I'm upset, you know, like that's possible. And I'm, I guess I'm wondering as it relates to, cause I'm, I was obviously talking about emotion, but like, is that the same with affections? Like, has God wired us such that our souls can demonstrate this complexity of, of affection? And I, I think we can, like, uh, I think that's what happens in these kind of scenarios where you're, you, you can wholeheartedly and joyously affirm God's sovereignty and at the same time be quite displeased or not happy with the exact circumstance. Um, and those two can... It's not like we have to turn on a joy switch and turn off an anger switch right. and turn on an anger switch and turn off a joy switch. It's it's the affections are
2: all switched on and, you know, mm-hmm. zoom, here it comes. I think that's I one of the... Most comforting, act if you will, like texts, uh, you know, when the, the God, man, Jesus is in the garden now yeah. crying out to God, yep. you know, if, if, it, if you will take this cup for me, but not my will, but yours be done. Yep. And here's a full man who is affirming the absolute sovereignty of God. He knows yep. what the plan is. Yep. He knows this is the way to do it. And it does not make him comfortable. Yeah. I mean, He's then, going to be the one walking through. And, then
1: we're also told it was for the joy that was set
2: before right. him. So there's joy there. It, right. It's this, yeah, this complexity of affection. So very much unlike Jesus, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, in, in my van with my family driving uh, to, it was to my parents' house, I think, you know, several hours away. And we had... Had a couple instances where the the van window wouldn't roll down, or it would roll down but then wouldn't roll back up. It'd go down and you know, like so. We're uh, stopping at Wendy's, you know, on this like manic drive, mm-hmm. trying to get there as fast as possible. We had three kids at the time, I think, and we're trying to keep them alive and keep them happy. They're you know trying to scream their heads off and this kind of thing. And so we pull into this Wendy's. So we roll down the window, we order our food, trying to hurry, and I'm. <laughs> Taken off, you know, out from under the little awning under by the drive through window. Take off. Go to roll up the window. By this time, I'm already driving down on the main road. It's not going up. It's sprinkling, and it starts to rain harder, and I'm getting on the interstate again. And, you know, Kathleen's distributing food to children in the back, and I'm over here trying to roll up the window and click, 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 And it's not going up, and rain's starting to come in, and Reese is back there like, I'm getting wet. And I... In my mind, fully affirm the sovereignty of God. He knows this is going on. This is part of his sovereign plan. And I am angry at him <laughs> I'm cruising down the road and rain's getting in and this stupid window will not roll up, you know. And I, it gets to a point where I've like pulled the electrical panel off the door and I'm trying While to...
0: While you're
2: hop, driving? Yeah. Yeah. It was Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is, you know, again affirming. Down, by the way. <laughs> oh, that was. affirming God's sovereignty and, and not being happy with it at all. And like, I'm, I, I mean, like looking back, just the the nightmarish reality. I'm I'm practically shaking my fist at God and like, you're doing this. You know this. This is your plan. And, uh, and he was laughing the
0: whole
2: time. I, you know, maybe so. I think God's got a sense of humor. So, so um, what? I, I repented of it and. Eventually the window went up and I was...
0: And now you're telling a joyous story.
2: Standing in my shame. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Soaking wet. Standing in your shame. Soaking wet. You might
1: want to get to this later if you have any other questions, but like, is there a way to practice? Like, what can we do in our everyday lives so that when calamity comes, we are able and willing and desirous to rest in God's sovereignty? I know that for me, the tendency would be to... Fuel the anger emotion slash affection slash um, uh, or in a depressive state to fuel the Mm self-pity of of our scenario, even though I can affirm God's in control of it. That's what I would tend to fuel in a sinful state. So what can we do on a daily, regular basis that when that comes, we are glad to
0: affirm God's sovereignty? Well, as the host, let me just rephrase that question. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. No, I, and I think I, I kind of wanted to get there and let me, let me ask this question first. No, because no, I'm supposed least, to ask the question. No, no, it's good. I, I just wanted to lead through this way because I think Ryan hit on it. It's that, <laughs> that what makes God's sovereignty something we can take comfort in is his character Mm -hmm. because if God is sovereign and very sadistic and out to get us then that stinks and there's no comfort in that but if God is a good God completely 100% no shadow of turning good perfect gifts only come from him then yes there is comfort even in this situation that is why Job can get up and not curse God because he knows God is good and completely so now jump into Adam's question. What can we do to practice so that when we get to calamity, we can look at God and say, I'm not going to curse him.
2: Um, the broken record answer, like push play, read the Bible and pray. <laughs> um, we had to get it in at some point. Cause it, I mean, f- for real, like know him. If you don't know him, you don't trust him. Yeah. Um, and that's how you know him. You know him through his word. You know him by talking to him. Um, and, and you prep for those things. Again, like you trust his sovereignty in the process as well. Like I'm not going to respond perfectly every time. I can practice by knowing who he is. I can read about stories in the Bible and how God acted, how man reacted to God's actions. Um, and, you know, those stories shape our lives. They shape our thinking. Um, and, and talking to him about it, I think... You know, you can't. It would probably not be good to try and prep for every scenario. Okay, God, if my son gets struck with sickness yeah. tonight, help me to respond this way. You know what I mean? Like that's just not a healthy way. But but looking to God, looking at His character, like you said, and um, knowing our Bibles well, knowing that just what's going on, how has God been acting in history? Um, and then two two things then to follow that up with one. In the moment, um, something, and I don't know where I heard this or where it even came Spurgeon. from, but it, it has, I, it was from Spurgeon, C.H. Spurgeon, <laughs> told me this um, <laughs> in a conversation I had personally with him uh, in London. Uh, um, Can you say it in his accent that he used? No, I can't. <laughs> oh. So anyway, <laughs> um, but this, whatever this situation is, it has a definite end at some point. Maybe it's in an hour, maybe it's in two minutes, maybe it's a week from now, maybe it's a month or a year from now, maybe it's at the end of my life. But at some point I'm going to look back on this moment and how do I want to see myself walking through it? What memories do I want to have of this? And that, you know, that whole thing in the in the car with the window, I mean I, I look back and laugh because of God's grace. Um, but there's, you know, there's a sense of embarrassment and shame there as well. Like The sovereignty of God with my sinful heart led me to be angry with him. And that's something I'll never forget. Um, You know, a a similar scenario, I'm driving to meet my brother and dad somewhere in St. Louis. I'm driving a 2,000-year-old truck. Um, It was actually Spurgeon's. um, (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm literally in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, which is pretty much the whole state. (laughs) Sorry for any of you Illinois (laughs) listeners, but, um, Illinoisans, my, my truck breaks down in the middle of nowhere and it's like, I've passed a town 20 miles back. The next one's 20 or 30 miles ahead kind of thing. And I mean, you know, praise God for cell phones and stuff, but I'm sitting there and it was kind of like, God's in control of this. So now what? And through the whole process, there's all kinds of crazy things. And this, this is like, so God's work in me because I'm not this kind of person to just sort of let it roll off my back and not just sit there and think, Oh, of all times for this to happen. <laughs> and why do I just check this out? And, um, but that thought just kept coming through my mind. Like it's going to be done in two days. I might have to spend thousands of dollars to get back home, but I mean, it's money, like something's going to happen, but do I want to think back on this moment and think there I was fuming and fussing the whole time, mm-hmm. and, and instead of trusting God, you know? So that's the on the, the, uh, on the yeah. money
1: comment. I would say that we don't have much, so like don't hear that and think oh it's just money. Sure. Like that can be another stressor that <laughs> yeah. Ryan handled very well in that right. situation sure, because like that, that is I'm the right
2: not, mindset. I
0: don't I don't have uh, yeah it's not like vehicle just money just sit around. around that's right. Yeah. Every time our car breaks down. Um.
2: So that, you know, that's sort of the, you know, how do you prep for it? What do you do in the moment? And then, you know, the reflective part is is going back and, and looking at what has happened. How was God faithful? How were we unfaithful to God or how are we faithful to, to trust him and follow him? And I think that whole process is, has got to be there all the time. And it's just, you know, that's going to happen one way when we're 20 and it's going to look completely different when we're 50 as, as God works on us. So. What
0: do you think, Adam? How do we practice for...
1: I think that was the answer. That's what I was thinking of. If you've got a relationship with the one that you're saying you trust, then you trust him. And I, I don't know exactly how the, um, I don't know exactly how the analogy would work out, but um, I, like I think about my children trusting me mm-hmm. and, and that for some unknown reason they do, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, And that's because I'm guessing that's some reflection of what they know about me as their father and how much more so should we trust our father who has revealed himself fully in scripture, his character. We know it. We know it to be firm. We know him to be good. We know him to be strong. We know him to be gracious. We know him to be merciful. Um, and so, so like that relationship though, and fueling that relationship is what, um, I think fosters that attitude so that that when calamity comes, you know, you know, precisely who you're calling out to, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, his character, you know what he does, how he works. And, um, again, whether you like it or not, you can say, all right, I'm, I'm with you on this guy, whatever Mm it is, you know, so it doesn't make it any easier though. Like that's, I think that's the thing that's helpful to remember is, um, God's sovereignty is an incredibly comforting doctrine, but it doesn't necessarily make life easy. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. But if it's going to be easier, if you will, that's how. Yes, that's, that's right. how it will be. Yeah, think about how difficult it would be without that comfort. Yeah. Uh, well, and, you know, like, how many different. Uh, Go
0: talk to an unsaved person.
1: <laughs> yeah, that or, uh, you know, secular psychology and yeah. medications and. Like, give me anything that can get my mind off of the mess that we're in. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I say, give me Jesus.
0: Yeah. And I think that's something you said to me at one point. Adam. Give oh, me no. Jesus? No. <laughs> well, you did. You just said it now. I just said that. Um, but, I mean, I mean we was just talking about some of the difficulties we were going through or some of the stresses in our life, which, you know, whatever. It just needed perspective. But you, you had said... Just because it's hard doesn't mean you're not doing it right or or whatever. Where it's just like, I'm doing all the right things. Everything should be, you know, super easy, even keeled. But that's not what scripture promises us. That's not what the man, the God man who lived perfectly experienced in his life. I shouldn't expect anything different, Mm -hmm. per se. So, yeah, I think the world's best
2: mountain climber could climb Everest. And it's not going to be a walk in the park, <laughs> even though he knows what to do and, and how to do it and is physically conditioned for it. It's, mm. it's still going to blow him away.
0: All right, ta- talking about practicing for things, and this will be our last last thing. I did this actually, uh, I think, about two months ago. But I just sat down and I wrote every area where God is sovereign, which we just described was everywhere. Wow, that's All right. <laughs> but then With the dust on a sunbeam, make you it? You know what? I, it didn't. He uh, 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 didn't know Spurgeon. <laughs> but... But I, I just did, like, the relationships in our life where, like, somebody that's really uh, brings us a lot of angst in our life. I, I was like, man, that God has sovereignly placed them in my life. But then if you, you have to flip it back around and go, I'm probably causing them angst. And God has sovereignly placed me in their <laughs> life for their sanctification. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, okay, that just changes everything. Because it's not just like, oh, it's all about me. Yeah. Everybody, all the annoying mm-hmm. people are in this world for me. It's like, no, I'm probably <laughs> the annoying one and I'm here for everyone else.
1: Or if, if you ask, if you poll a hundred people, how many would say that I am the one that's causing them <laughs> that's things? The most, like, yeah. I'm the one that God has <laughs> that's put in their lives. right. That's
2: right. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, yeah. so, no, that's good. I, That'll
0: uh, change a lot of marriages. Yeah. Honestly. Oh, you're here. Yeah. So I, I thought that was interesting. And then the other... Uh, one of the other really big uh, aspects of God's sovereignty was time. <clears throat> like we can look back and go, man, I wish I could have lived in the whatever time period. But God and his sovereignty has okay. placed us right here, right now, in this time where it's just like, this is just crazy, and I'm looking at the culture, and I'm thinking of my kids And it's no mistake that they're alive right now, Mm -hmm. going into what they're going to go into. By God's sovereignty and by God's grace and by God's goodness, they will be able to do what he wants them to do. And that is a comfort and also a a spearhead to continue on trusting our good God. Uh, Those were just two areas that I was like, I was blown away with where I was just like, man, if God is sovereign over putting people in time and places... Then I am here by His sovereignty.
1: Yeah, and passing and passing down our understand that the biblical understanding of the character of God to our mm-hmm. children as well. Like you think you talk about your children. If our culture is like it is now, how much you know? What's it going to be like when our children are going through? You know, we have all those doomsday thoughts and such. But like, you know, we've been given the task at this time in this place to pass down. A biblical character of God, so that when the calamity comes to them, and right. when they're forty, when they're fifty, whatever
0: it is, that they will respond pro- appropriately as well. Yeah. And we can respond in that way now, so that they can see, okay, mm-hmm. "Mom and Dad did this; they yeah. can do it as well." Well,
2: and I mean, we can blow this up a million different directions, but the fact that God is sovereign means we're not. And that angst that we have so often is, is because we're trying to figure out how to manufacture situations in such a way so that my kids have a comfortable life or something. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. trusting God's sovereignty gives you that comfort and freedom to say, okay, I, I, we're supposed to be wise, right? We're supposed to be diligent, but, like, ultimately, if, if God's in control of this, he's not calling for me to figure all these things out. He's mm-hmm. calling for me to be faithful. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, you know, be wise, be a good leader, try and figure things out, work that hard, but don't sit there and wring your hands over it. Um, God's going God's to gonna send the world the direction he wants it to go. And your primary responsibility, your primary role is to just be faithful. Mm
1: -hmm. Which is comforting. Absolutely. yes. Because then you don't have to
2: figure it out. There's something comforting. It's just saying, I don't know where we're going in the next month or whatever, but I know this is what I need to do. I need to to know God. I need to love my neighbor as myself. And that's a lot of work. And I can Mm -hmm. busy myself with that and, and let God rule his kingdom
0: well give us our daily bread. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll end it there guys. Um, again, we're on, we're on Twitter. You can follow us, Adam and Ryan on Facebook. We'd love the interaction. Leave us an, a rating on iTunes. Uh, we might start having to bribe people to do that. Um, I don't know what we'd bribe them with, but we'll we come up with something to get people. Name recognition. On, name recognition. How's that? We'll, we'll name drop you <laughs> on this podcast. You'll be famous. And the seven
2: people will be like, whoa, they whoa. must be cool.
0: That's right. Um, yeah. Scholar4210,
1: thanks for the <laughs> <alike>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> man.
0: But until next time, remember there is ultimate joy to be pursued in this life. It's found in Jesus Christ. To pursue Him.